It's strange when the seasons change on a space station. There aren't the same cues as you would have back on Earth, so people have to be a bit more proactive when marking the transition to autumn. And Hutton is no exception. The station lighting has changed to a more reddish-orangey hue. Budget clones for you have put witches' hats in the window display. And Floor Mopping Guy is sweeping up huge amounts of synthetic leaves for Alvin to jump into later. I can smell the sweet, fruity aroma of pumpkin spice from the coffee shop on the parade. The security momus bog spaniels can be heard quacking in the distance as they make their annual migration from the upper rotunda to the lower rotunda, where they will spend the winter. The life support has been adjusted to make things cooler, so everyone is wrapping up warm. Regular announcements tell the locals to wear a scarf and put on a vest or they'll catch their death. Residents have begun to utter the traditional greeting of the knights are fair drawing in as they pass one another. Except for one lone weirdo in a linen suit and a Panama hat who leans in as I pass and says, Our mics are live. Welcome to Hutton Orbital Reveal. I'm your apology officer, Mia Harkness, and I've been down to the Hutton Infirmary for my winter jags from Nurse Wyeth. Well, that's a worry. She gave you rabies last time. Anyway, I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and I just bought a pumpkin helmet from Pioneer Supplies. Speaking of giant helmets... I'm Sandy Crevice, your tech monkey for the evening, and I've been hiding my nuts. You're not doing a very good job. I can still see them. I can't think that's hygienic. I'm Norma Snockers, and I'm knitting a woolly hat to keep my ears warm. Yeah, I thought that was a dress. Have you mistaken centimetres for inches again. I'm Juan Kier and I think we'd better move on to the headlines before I get panned. Rudolph's Python has a smashing time. Lab-grown brain plays Pong in space. Too hot, too messy, week 10 update. Anyone seen Norma's T9? Station sections quarantined after chilly cook-off goes wrong. I look forward to not having to mention Avic. And I look ahead to the week's community events. First this evening, we've received reports of scandalous and scurrilous vandalism that has struck the orbital in the last few days. The number one rule of being a Hutton trucker is be excellent to each other. But as Alpha Centauri isn't permit locked and we're required to welcome all comers, whether from rotten pirate factions in the near area, visiting federal military personnel or tourists coming to gaze in wonder at the beacon that repeats the words for the mug over and over and over again. 
Now, accidents happen, and truckers themselves are responsible for many of them. Smashing into the pad a little hard and damaging things whilst in a serious hurry to get to Cubicle 3. After all, it's a long flight and many of us have been quaffing the kitten brand coffee from our mugs en route. Or damaging the pad after a rather over-enthusiastic liftoff whilst trying to escape from Cubicle 3. There are those that ignore the no-entry sign over the secret docking entrance, getting the nose of their super-imperial space dildo trapped in the toast rack, whilst the bay doors jump off at the front of it like a garbage compactor. However, security forces at Hutton, and for security forces read the Momus Bog Spaniel security detail, are hunting a particularly naughty miscreant who has been causing the most heinous damage to people's pride and joy. Commander Avantayun, also known as this station's very own Rudolf Hooker, got back to his ever-so-purple python last Friday with a view to heading out to do some muggings to find that someone had smashed in the canopy glass. The piece of meteorite used could be traced back to a, a nearby mining rig full of heavy metals. Pythons have very strong canopies, sometimes even able to withstand direct impact with a limpet at over 400 metres per second. However, Whoever it was that put this glass in did a proper job, covering the inside of the ship with teensy-weensy little shards of glass. Vantayun employed one of the station's jokingly named Dusty Junior cleaning robots, who chomped and crunched his way through all of the glass before realising that whoever had smashed the canopy had rifled the glove box, gone through the snack selection, and generally turned the cockpit inside out. They appear to have met their match when they opened his dunnage, which, after weeks away on deep space exploration trip, contained a number of rather soiled flight suits, well-worn socks and grundies, and a number of shirts with mysterious stains down the front of them. Station security have released a description of the wrongdoing, so and of the wrongdoing so and so, by stating that, that judging by the strength required, they'll be eight foot tall, with a right arm like a basketball pitcher and, of course, very likely to be looking like they've just stuck their head in the school gym locker and inhaled deeply. Medical teams are on standby to revive them if they are discovered, and the quarantine bay has been prepared. Astroglass were contacted, ray the canopy repair, but it turns out that only one pane of the glass was broken, and the Python's asymmetrical layout is a problem. They can't repair the ship for a number of weeks. When Van Tayen offered to put the other pain in with a hammer so he could get a full replacement under his insurance, he was threatened with arrest for criminal damage. Scientists have created what is touted as the galaxy's first entirely lab-grown brain capable of playing space pong. A collection of only 1,000 or so artificial brain cells has proven su sufficient to be able to pilot a ship up and down at under 100 metres a second in front of a toast rack outside the station. Um, yeah, I'll start again. <laughs> Thank you for the bongs. Scientists have created what is touted as the galaxy's first entirely lab-grown brain capable of playing space pong. A collection of only a thousand or so artificial brain cells has proven sufficient to be able to pilot a ship up and down at under 100 metres a second in front of a toast rack outside the station and successfully intercept incoming ships. 
This groundbreaking research is intended to prove quite how little grey matter is needed in order to be officially classed as a station troll. Their research has also shown that the more brain cells are grown in the lab, the worse the little noggin nugget is at intercepting incoming ships. As a side effect of the work, they've realised that anything over 2,000 cells appears to develop a conscience and instead of ramming incoming ships, actively does its best to avoid them. And at over 3,000, just sits there connected to a visual input, giving out distinctly, ooh, pretty vibes at the passing ships. The puffins were refused permission to take this experiment any further and actually install some of these biological marvels in ships as a commercial offering, as officials were worried that should they become self-replicating, they might make, take themselves to a nearby war zone or Hazres and start attacking any passing members of the Pirates' Federation. Rumours that police interceptors around stations had already had such tiny bundles of neurons installed behind the controls are unfounded as it takes extra special kinds of training to scram a commander with quite that accuracy. Scram scramming being the descriptor for flying at speed towards an incoming ship with the warrant scanner ticking over before lawn darting into the canopy just to make sure you get a decent reading from the whites of the pilot's eyes. We have now been going for 10 what seem like quite long weeks with Too Hot Too Messy, the Hutton-led initiative to deliver Hutton mugs and Centauri Megagin to every single station in the galaxy. Why are we doing this? Well, because it's there, and because we can, and well, why not? Commanders have continued to drop off mugs and gin all over the place, and we are approaching 29,000 deliveries. However, once again, delivery numbers are declining, so get stocked up, get involved and keep the momentum going. Remember, every mug counts, and you may just win a real mug by taking part. Four more commanders joined the effort this week, taking the total to 209, spread across 72 squadrons, and more are always welcome. Naturally, Hutton commanders have collectively blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard, passing 11,500 deliveries in the week. The Winged Hussars are in second with 1,370 muggings, and the Paladins are holding third with 1,250. The quartet of commanders that form the undead are still in fourth with exactly 800 mugs delivered. An infinite dreamer in his one-man squadron is fifth with 616. He who would be really boring to mention each week, yes him, he's still out in front now with over two and a half thousand mugs and gin delivered. Some say that he's upgrading his suits and weapons at the same time. However, he's still being chased down by Nem, who is approaching 2,000 deliveries. As predicted last week, Commander Waller81 closed the gap with Commander Mouse8287 and overtook him to third place with 1,400 deliveries. How do we know all this? Well, because it's tracked by the marvel that is the Hutton Helper and updated live on the Too Hot, Too Hot, Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hotmess2. At this rate, we'll have delivered a canister of Hutton mugs and Centauri Megagin to every single station in the galaxy by, well, Christmas. 
precisely which Christmas we are going to speculate as we find more and more stations each week. But if everyone leaves it to everyone else, it's clearly going to take much longer. Apart from the glory alone, there is the additional incentive in a real-world gravity-assisted mods-preventing hot and mug that you can fill with tea, gin or whatever you like as you happily take hot and mugs to where no hot and mug has gone before. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs in a week will be entered into that weekly draw to win a real one, unless of course you already have one, in which case you'll have been immunised against mods already. Nine commanders have accomplished this so far, you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commanders table, and keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the awfully bit after the news. How do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? Well, first you need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, where your mug and tin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antarius Fusion's magical mathematical hamsters. Tight lines. You can't miss them. They're big, they're bulky, they haul stuff. They make a huge noise when lifting off. They look heavy, even when they're empty. It was with surprise that we received a message from Commander Flossie simply saying, one of our space cows has gone missing. Flossie had parked it in the station storage facility and popped out in her dolphin to do a few important deliveries and then returned to find it gone. What's more, the station computer had listed it as sold to the mysterious gentleman from Utopia. Now, Flossie definitely doesn't remember selling it to him. However, station security has footage of him climbing all over it looking for something before loading it onto a flatbed ship shipping ship and over to London Relay. The local private investigation branch of the Knitting Nannies Detective Agency set off in hot pursuit of the stolen ship in a sidewinder and sidecar complete with goggles for the pilot after overhearing a comment about a hidden microfilm for a secret recipe. The Pilots Federation were informed and an exciting chase worthy of having its own film ensued with the Knitting Nannies, police forces and a number of ninjas all with their own agenda attempting to stop that space cow now. The good news is that the ship was found hidden under some space biology by Mrs Figgis, geography school trip with Class 6A and the ship has been duly returned to Flossie. What became of the mysterious utopian, the nannies, the school kids or the ninjas is yet to be discovered. Of course, Flossie, being the busy bee that she is, hadn't spotted it being has been returned until the survey arrived from the shipping company asking how she rated her service. Sections of the orbital had to be closed off and vented into space earlier today after Commander Palantir harvested his latest crop of Ucheng chilies from his private retirement plot in the orbital's agricultural section and decided to try his hand at making Ucheng chili sauce for a forthcoming Golnet Rare's dinner and dance in a few weeks. It appears that A. He's got green fingers and the crop was very successful. B. His green fingers turned red after handling the chilies. C. He forgot how strong the chilies were. D. The batch he put on the hob to cook into a sauce set off the biohazard chemical attack warnings on the station. And E. He made the mistake of popping to cubicle 3 after chopping the chilies and didn't wash his hands first. 
The screams from the cubicle could be heard throughout the station. The cloud of toxic Wucheng chili fumes started eating away the window seals. Commander Palantir was rushed to the infirmary with second-degree self-inflicted chili pain to parts of his anatomy that haven't been that red or swollen since he was a much younger man. A few of the maintenance team were rushed in alongside him after they breathed in the fumes. Floor mopping guy is said to be okay though, as a lifetime of cleaning out cubicle 3 has left him immune to almost all biological toxins. That and he wears proper hazmat equipment. Commander Palantir's patented Ucheng chili sauce, degreaser and cleaning agent is available from all good stockists. Please do read the safety warning on the bottle before applying it to anything. Well, hasn't it been a week of variety in Hutton Space? No, not the bother dude and beetle spoon variety variety, but lots of different stuff. We are still pawning a star for a friend, uh, have an ongoing famine, we seem to have irritated an orifice in need of treatment, and serious are up to their old tricks, which, let's be frank, is becoming more than tedious. More on those stories coming up. Who would have thought that once again Barnard's star is not bottom of the pile, nor even the next to bottom either? Further, low, on the system, low system on the pole isn't even LHS 4, 450 this week, although pedants can, can dismiss this as a technicality, which, if you recall from last week, we are pawning for another faction, which is lying low on 32. Now it's poor little Avic on 28, recovering from a war with Sirius and suffering an infrastructure failure last week when not able to boost sufficient influence to avoid yet another war with Sirius. Well, being first in wars with Sirius has served Avic well and currently are the winning 2-0 and need just two more days of victories to see them secure. For how long is a matter of debate, as we have learned that it would not be long before Lee Yong-ri and his minions will be back for another try. If you recall last week, one of our friendly factions, the Gilgamesh Corps Orbital Protection, overreached themselves and were faced with an awkward too-much-month left at the end of the money. Consequently, their influence in LHS 450 plummeted, and as a result, the markets lost confidence in their ability to pay their growth bills. Nevertheless, Hutton gladly stepped in and offered a pawnbroker service where we took charge of the star system, carefully looking after it until Gilgamesh were able to summon their funds, come back with their ticket and take the system out of Hock. Here at Hutton, we'll happily pawn stars uh, systems for anyone, which is sufficiently friendly and until you can manage to get it up again. Uh, I, I mean your economy, of course. So. Once we have won in Avic, keep an eye on LHS 450, and even if you have to risk a bit of awkwardness at Alvin's next garden party, make sure Hutton loses and their LHS 450 goes back to Gilgamesh. Enjoying an extended period of smugness and enjoying a week off from its regular slot at the bottom of the pile due to the war in Avic is Barnard's star, now on a reassuring 36. Ten fleets have just lost Clark Terminal in another war, sorry Hanky, and another civil war is just starting, tying up 20% of the influence, but it's a reasonable week to try to improve Hutton's margin. 
The great deal we got from Honest Dave with his passing Flint Carrier Emporium sounded too good to be true, and it will come as no surprise that it was. Those dodgy water purifiers we bought and fitted throughout the stations in PSPF-LF2 have all clogged up with mould, fungus and some disgusting green stuff new to science, and the batteries on Honest Dave's vibrating cleaning resonators have gone flat. Yep. It looks like piss flaps has got thrush. Shipping water purifiers and power generators in plain brown wrappers to rectify the situation. The famine that we reported last week in LP525-39 is still raging, so urgently ship in food and dump exploration data to get the system back on its feet. Further, the situation has deteriorated... Further, the situation has deteriorated so badly that civil unrest has broken out in several stations, handing bounties to help quell the uneasiness in the population. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have just two systems above 60%, and thankfully we aren't looking to expand anywhere soon. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, ship food or dump expiration data into LP525-39 to clear the famine and ship in either power generators or water purifiers, or both, to PSPF-LF2. If you want to shoot something, win the war in AVIC against Sirius, and once that's achieved, make sure Hutton lose the war in LHS-450 to Gilgamesh Orbital Protection Corps. Only one update this week from Commander the Presence. Does the sun still rise in the east? In the east. Final entry, week 32. It seems only fitting I start my final journal with an image of a sun setting in the west as I look back over the last seven and a half months so June. I'd like to thank a lot of people. Commander's Palantir, Unigo, Silver Taffer, the Huntsman, and all the others without whom none of this would have been necessary. It also seems right and somewhat fitting that I discovered another crashed Thargoid sensor out in the boondocks. Miles and miles from anywhere. The Thargoid should be but should be, but what is indeed what Thargoid sensors out in the boondocks, miles and miles from anywhere the Thargoids should be, but that is indeed what has happened. Does it mean anything? When Thargoid titans, Thargon swarms and on foot bugs are a thing, we will, will we even care? For myself, I don't have any particular wish to go back to the bubble any time soon, especially not before November. I was more than happy to meet my carrier out in the sticks to experience my first carrier jump from the viewing lounge, near the captain's chair, to bring me back to Kojira. I didn't want... I didn't make my target of 5,000 exobiology scans, but I am close enough not to be disheartened, and it is well within reach. Just not yet, I've worn my Dysonator down to a nub, and it needs a good rest. I also want to soak my weary feet in a hot bath, not made from recycled urine, go mining, play with power regulators and fly something that isn't a DBX. Got one for sale if anyone is interested. Only got 400,000 light years on the clock. 
May need a lick of paint. So with a picture of Flossie on my carrier restroom table and one of Commander Chicks on my dartboard, it's time for me to say, sod this, not doing this again in a hurry. TTFN Commanders 07. This is the last report from Does It Does the Sun Still Rise in the East in the East? So unless anyone has any further reports of their events, we could be a bit short of material next week. Do you have an event going on or due to start shortly? Why not let us know of the details by joining our Discord and posting them in the Hash Correspondence channel so it can be included. Well, well, we made well, it, well. I think. Well, we were on time, too. That was Almost completely seamless. I know, right? Weren't many Almost scenes in there. Oh, no. <laughs> Almost. Almost. I'll, I'll tell you what, we, we had so bong. many news stories that we actually ran out of the news under theme and had to restart it. I didn't uh, notice that. that? Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought my connection had gone down, so I kept going. <laughs> I kept going. <laughs> I was looking at the connection icon going... Don't change, you bastard. <laughs> it's all gone quiet. Why can't I hear yeah, it? I'm talking to myself here. Nothing, nothing new there. Well, that's nothing new yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Amelia. Yeah, I'll ask yeah. you. I'll ask you. That's the usual question. Yeah. So did you see the Frontier live stream? Nope. Oh. <laughs> funny, if you... If, if you'd been here last week, I didn't see it last week either because it was on a different day and I was busy. They're very confusing with the Frontier live stream, I've noticed. What's confusing about them? Well, they're never on or they're not on the right times or they're not, you know, broadcasting they, they, when they I are, can watch They it. are fortnightly. Yeah. On a Wednesday yeah. or a Thursday, though. Um, it's changed to Wednesday. Yeah. And anybody from the night shift, there are subtitles on Twitch telling you what fortnightly means. It's No, it's not No, it's not that game. No, no, no. no. They've also yeah. changed to a later time on Wednesday. Have they? Time yeah. they yeah. Is yeah. that five o'clock start? Really? Something, I can't remember that. Something that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quarter past last week. week. I, I get confused whether it's just for one week or whether it's in future. But you know, it's, it's all is, so confusing. Yes. Is that five <laughs> o'clock game time or five o'clock BST? <laughs> oh. <laughs> give, it, give it a month and it'll be the same. Thing. Oh, really? yeah. 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 Oh, I can't wait for that. And End then, of this month. And yeah, then yeah. the clock radio in my bedroom will be wrong. Oh, all my clocks will start to be right again. Oh, it's such a faff. I, mean, I, I uh, must have leave the time yeah. alone. Yeah, the good news is the clock in your cooker will be right again. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. And the clock in the car. <laughs> you know, you, 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 I don't know if, if it's the same for the other presenters, but every Thursday I sort of wake up going, oh, it's Thursday. Uh, but mm -hmm. this morning I, I, I woke up. It was sort of and I, six o'clock. Today program Radio Four, and I can't remember was it um, Amal Raja? I can't remember who was on, but he said, um, "Good morning, it's six a.m. and it on Wednesday the thirteenth of October." And I was like, "Hang on, I know I've just woken up, <laughs> but I'm not that asleep that I don't know that <laughs> it's not Thursday the thirteenth, not Wednesday." And they went through the whole program and never mentioned it. So. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They probably uh, just thought it's 6am, nobody's listening. Do you think radio... Amateur. Well, yeah. I, I, to be yeah. honest, I, I was listening to it at half past eight, but uh, 
Yeah, more, more seams than a Hutton broadcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, if the pros can, uh, can yeah, do. we get the see. date. We get the date right every time. Well, apart from the thirteen hundred <laughs> years out, it's just just the, re- the the year that um, yeah <laughs> we can't get right. So, if there's no live stream, what do we talk about? Well, uh, what about space stuff? Space stuff. Space um, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, Britain's attempt to? Um, <laughs> to the space race? No, what is it? Uh, get it up. <laughs> well, is it yeah, that Top Gear program with a white robin on a rocket? Uh, almost. No, that probably be more, probably reached a greater altitude. Um, well, British. There's a British rocket company called <laughs> Skyrora, and their <laughs> first attempt, their first launch, ended. What uh, the heck is short, that? Short, Shortly after liftoff, the booster just ditched into the sea. Okay. Um, it looked like some schoolboy effort of building a rocket. It, it, <laughs> well, it, it does have a sort of very liquid, sticky back plastic look to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a very British look, isn't it? Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of launched out of what could be best described as a shipping container. Yeah, it's a shipping container with a rainy background and so When you say shipping container, do you mean Amazon box? <laughs> it could yes. be an Amazon box. I yeah, like that. Be. It's a black and red rocket, and that looks good to Hang me. I, I'd say that's mm. that's more orange than red. Yeah, it's... but orange is even better then. Look at it. Orange just faded red. Yeah. It used to be red. They left it out in the sun too long. Yeah. See, I... No, no, this is a British rocket. Never okay, rain. It's left out in the rain <laughs> too long. It'll be, it'll be rushed. <laughs> and it's everything you've come to expect from a British rocket. <laughs> so it's, it's such a British scene, though, that with the with the sea at the back and the mist and the rain. Yeah, that's it's right. Just yeah. looking a bit dreary. And it's do you know do you know what it's fueled on? It's it's fueled on kerosene. Rocket fuel. Ker- no, it's not rocket fuel. No. Misery and despair. Chip, chip shot fat's close. It's melancholy. It's on, on <laughs> kerosene, which is, is basically paraffin, which is basically aviation fuel. Oh, cal- my, ga- is it cal gas? No. <laughs> who said cal no, gas? It's, it, it's diesel because it's 4p a litre cheaper at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, wouldn't it be terrible if they put petrol into a diesel rocket? <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> you have to get the EA out to come and empty the tanks. Can you so, uh, imagine pulling into a Tesco petrol station and seeing that at pump number four with somebody with the t- <laughs> going up? You'd never get it. You'd never get it under the canopy. <laughs> so it's it's fueled basically on paraffin and uh, hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's nation. what happened to the red colour. They just put peroxide yeah. on it. Yeah. Just imagine <laughs> hairdressers throughout the nation are you know, reporting shortages of. <laughs> Anyway, not, not doing, we're oh, not doing blonde jokes. Dear. We agreed ages ago. Still a cheaper way of getting around the UK than, than petrol. And the, it, gets, it gets worse. The engines are 3D printed. Oh, that's <laughs> no. That's brilliant. I, I wanted to succeed now. That's just like, that's just topped it off. I mean, you can. I'd love to hear from these guys. You know, like what were your influences? Well, I really like Wallace and Gromit. You know, I thought they were really. (laughs) (laughs) I was a big fan of Thunderbolts. You know, (laughs) they're they're planning a cheese import monopoly. Yeah, no strings attached. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's. (laughs) 
I think it's good. I, well, I, I think it's good. I do. I think it's it's marvellous. It's like two blokes in a shed. Yeah, the British can it get? They don't even have a shed by the looks of it. Well, they've got a shipping container. They get a shipping container. Yeah, they got an Amazon, <laughs> Amazon box. box. Yeah. Oh, good on well, them. Yeah. I uh, I I I put the next thing in the script before I actually read the script, so we'll get rid of that one. That was all about. About those brain cells, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 800,000 brain cells playing Pong. I, I, I've no idea how many I've got. I've probably got a hell of a lot more when I used to play Pong than I do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Thinkstons. Yeah. yeah um, but but they're, they're stronger ones because the alcohol will have killed off the weakest brain cells, <laughs> meaning the stronger ones have survived, meaning the alcohol makes you more intelligent. Survival of the first. Exactly. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Jim. You can come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse, and I stick to it. Yes, all right, good. We get through this. My gin is calling. Ah, oh, there it is. <sighs> oh. oh, mug. 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 So, are we going to talk about Overlight? Well, go on then. Do we have to? Yeah, he's not here. Let's talk about him. Well, he was in the, he's in the chat. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? In oh, the chat, is well, he was earlier. Uh, maybe he should be careful then, in case he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's he done? He's still he, there. He's going to Oxford for a half on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. You drink pints. Just, just half a pint. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's running for a special effect, isn't he? He's running with half a pint? Yeah, for a special effect. Yeah. Mm. He's running on half a pint, will certainly have an effect. It's going to start off with a full pint, but it's very special. Um, so, what is it? A half marathon he's doing then? Nobody well, knows. It, it sounds, <laughs> can you not eat a whole one? The word Snickers, anyway, they call them Snickers is now. from this uh, call, yeah, news Snickers. article. He's going to run a half Snickers, which is about, what, 13 miles? And a bit. Uh, 13.1. But 13. if you 1. want to sponsor him... You have yes. to head over to his Just Giving page at justgiving.com forward slash overlight 2210. Just like mm. it says in the chat. Twice. Yes. Mm. As in as in the 20, oh, shit. Yes. 2022 <laughs> October. Yes, okay, got it now. And that's because it won't let him use Just Overlight again. Yeah. Ah, so he's so done he's this target. before. He's got previous. He's looking for about £10. Not individually, but in total. He's looking for about £10 a mile. Is so that, that to collectively? What? So if I yeah, that would add you, up to you do seven p. I'll do seven p. Yeah, well, I'll give him a pound. I'll make his, I'll make up the pound for the hundred and thirty-one pounds. That'll get him started. <laughs> Does that mean if he gets more than ten pound a mile, he'll stop halfway round because he's made his target? It means if he makes more than ten pound a mile, he can afford to put petrol in and drive. <laughs> <laughs> If he makes more than fifteen pound a hour, we've got mile. He's got a rocket up there he can use. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. If he makes more than twenty pound a mile, he can put the heating on when he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but only for a few minutes. Yeah, only for a few minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ah, it's time. It's time they give give sat through all this nonsense. It's now time for some actual useful information. I think useful. Useful, well, useful to one person. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's useful generally. Spectacular yeah. for one person. Spectacular one person is going to be person. very happy. Helen's got some, some use for Flossie's got some use for us. 
This week's Too Hot Too Messy Mug winner is Groove Champion! Champion! Please, please email itookpart at hutnorbital.com with your details so the mug can be sent to you. And if you would like to win your own shiny Hutton mug, all mm. you need to do is deliver 10 each mugs and gin during the next seven days while having the Hutton helper running to record your progress. <laughs> Jim, Jim, your uh, drum roll is far too long. Yes, you need to have a word with that drummer and tell you he's just... <laughs> he, he gets <laughs> excited. He's just showing yeah. off. So time just like this time. I'll, I'll tell you what. Excited. Well, I, well, found out, I found that there's an animal... It's called an earth pig. Oh, we're doing that, actually... are we? Actually, we're doing it already. <laughs> we're doing it already, already. I'll keep my facts to myself. I thought it was time. Yeah. I, I was about to smack the drummer, but uh, I need to borrow Fossey's pants is for that. that. Is that, is that, is that a euphemism? Yeah. <laughs> Smacking so the drummer. So an earth pig, you say? An earth pig. An but it's actually pig. an elephant. An elephant, you say? An elephant. That Does it make a bacon? Like an elephant. I don't think it's, it's, it's the bad thing. It doesn't have hands. An elephant. It doesn't have hands or a, or a well, fine hand, so I don't think so. Well, an Have you seen the way they go through buns? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an aardvark. Aardvark! 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 With that, <laughs> with that, it's time to go over to Flossie with the CG News. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. here with this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CG, the Thargoids, uh, fighting the Thargoids, finished just short of Tier 8. 1.4 trillion out of 1.5 trillion credits earned. What the heck was that? (laughs) Thargoids repulsed by Operation Tindarus. Pilots for Liberation Alert. Allied forces have successfully defended the anchor-carry system from Thargoid vessels. The defence operation was centred around the megaship Camillo Sky, which hosted the Alliance and Sirius Corporation's Joint Anti-Xeno Task Force. A declaration of victory was made by Admiral Nicholas Glass. Operation Tinderus is officially a triumph. Alliance Defence Force and Sirius Navy crews have fought side by side to protect the people of Andicavi from the Thargoids. The aliens withdrew from the system en masse following several days of hard fighting. The task force was ably supported by many freelance pilots and axe squadrons who can now claim their rewards from the Kamiho Sky. These include unique pre-engineered heatsink modules for qualifying Xeno hunters. In addition, the modules will shortly be commercially available via official Sirius Corporation technology brokers. Prime Minister Edmund Mahon 
expressed gratitude to all those who took part, remarking that the long delays in making the Strategic Defence Pact a reality have finally proved to be worthwhile. In response, Councillor Ricardo Kane highlighted reports from witnesses that many Thargoid vessels withdrew into hyperspace before human forces overwhelmed them. She added, Would the results in Anticavi have been any different without serious corporations' involvement? We have seen the Thargoids retreat while several conflicts were still evenly matched, just as in several other systems recently. Did this military pact deliver anything that the ADF could not have achieved alone? And this week's new CGs. No CG today, Thargoids have gone away. <laughs> and that's it for this week's CG News. And now we hand over to the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton of News singing Thargoid on your screen. It's Beetle Judith Motherspoon with Galnet News Digest. It's working fine, you just can't hear it. Galnet News Digest, 13th of October, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Federation wrestles with its conscience over its persecution of Fargod cult members. The number of Stargoids rises to five. And test subject D2 decides to reject Azimuth Biotech's kind offer of incarceration. The Federation remains divided on the Far God cult, following the defeat of the true chapters in Papontia last week. And the Shadow President has called for the Federal Navy to show what evidence it's gathered about the religious order. Several opinion polls have been published. The Federal Free Press reports that many are worried about mobs attacking innocent free thinkers who may be deluded but are not harmful. By contrast, Hudson supporting Soul Today published the results of a multiple-choice questionnaire that its readers could fill in using crayons, which indicated that the Fargod cult are traitorous cowards. Shadow President Winters strengthened her condemnation of the treatment cult members have been subjected to. The right to religious freedom is guaranteed by the Federal Accord, she said and she called for the Federal Navy Intelligence Office and the Proactive Detection Bureau to share with the judiciary whatever evidence they've gathered to back up their claim that the Fargold cult members are guilty of sharing classified material or of sabotaging anti-Zinu operations. Two weeks ago, Secretary of State Lana Berkovich proposed making the Fargold cult illegal. Winters called upon Congress to reject this proposal, which he characterised as a desperate attempt by President Hudson to boost his flagging popularity by blaming minorities for the inability of the Federation to hold back the Thargoids. Meanwhile, the Sirius Alliance coalition is being well supported in Andikavi, and many billions worth of combat bonds have been issued. However, just as in Teketjal, Chunpindit and 42N Percy, the Thargoids do not appear to have been defeated, rather they seem to be testing the water. 
After the arrest of thousands of True Chapters cultists in Papontia and the persecution of many more throughout the Federation, it seems that many of the former Federal resident Fargold cultists have been radicalised to join the True Chapters aboard the Testament and Perdition megaships, both of which have moved to an unknown location. It's speculated that the megaships are trying to avoid attention from the Federal Navy, but before the events in Papontia, the first apostle of the True Chapter spoke about establishing a new Fargold colony, and it's certainly possible that new religious bases similar to those in Attain may be under construction. It's unclear what the Federation plans to do with the cultists it has arrested. Two more Stargoids have been discovered, and it seems like all five are heading towards the human core systems. The first unidentified interstellar phenomenon, or Stargoid, was discovered on the 31st of August, three weeks after the disastrous attempt by Salvation to wipe the Thargoids out. By the 12th of September, three Stargoids had been found. They seemed to be heading vaguely towards the bubble, but at erratic speeds. Now, three more weeks later, Commander Mercury noticed that the FSS started showing five extra signals detected once stellar bodies, planets, moons, fleet carriers and signal sources have been accounted for. So, in a system with just one star and nothing else, you'll see six signals detected. Those extra signals correspond to the number of stargoids, and so it was clear there were two more to find. And within just a few hours, the two new stargoids had been found, flanking the first three and somewhat further back. They're not all advancing at the same rate. Stargoid 1 is making good progress. Stargoid 2 hasn't moved quite so far. Stargoid 3 has travelled a long way in the past week. Stargoid 4 is to the south and Stargoid 5 is to the east. But it's clear that they are all now heading straight towards the core systems. And with their increased speed, Stargoids 1 and 3 at least seem likely to arrive there within just a few weeks. With Azima's former test subject, Xiao Jin Ai, telling Aegis that following the Thargoid roar from HIP 22460, it's too late to stop something terrible happening. Perhaps we should be preparing for the possibility that that roar was a call for help, and that the now five Stargoids are the Thargoids' reinforcements, coming to teach humanity a lesson. The sole survivor of Azimuth Biochemical's terrible Project Seraph experiments, which attempted to get humans to fly Thargoid spaceships, has rejected Azimuth's attempts to get her once again under their control. Xiaojin A, who was known to Azimuth as test subject D2, placed herself in the care of Imperial scientist Professor Albert Tezro, who was one of the leaders of Aegis Research, the now-defunct tri-superpower Xena Research and Defence Organisation. Azimuth Biotech's CEO, Torben Rademacher, suggested that Tezro may have put pressure on D2 to reject his offer, and in a confession that contradicted his earlier claim that Azimuth had no idea what Salvation had been doing at Oaken Point, he said that Azimuth has details of all the surgery carried out on the Project Seraph test subjects. 
Professor Tezrup put out a long statement in which she revealed that Xiao Jing Ai has been hiding from Azimuth and that she has no reason to change her mind now. She suffered a series of invasive surgical procedures when held captive at Oaken Point, and although her health has improved, she has an implant in her cerebral cortex designed to interface with Thargoid technology that cannot be safely removed. Tezro is working with engineers Ramtar and Ishmael Palin to better understand the procedures Azimuth has inflicted upon their former test subject, and the insight it seems to have given her into Thargoid communication, and in particular, the so-called Thargoid Roar. Following the symposium that Professor Tezro organised last week, there are optimistic signs for Aegis. Alliance Deputy Prime Minister Angela Corcoran has expressed her support for reforming the organisation as a trustworthy rallying point for humanity's response to the Thargoid threat. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. screen that is what they are with an alien scream from the god of war i'm predicting us to another world and they'll be probing commanders ah from one escape pod to another ah well that's gonna give me nightmares i thought beetle jude was going to be dolly speaking of trauma inducing visions it's over to Mia Harkness with this week's Hutton Helper Results. Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a Metal Mickey-style robot to blunder around in the back of your ship with hilarious consequences. This week we have the following events. The Voyager, pootling along, exploring the galaxy at your own pace, cup. The Robbie the Robot would 60 gallons of bio-waste be sufficient, champion of champions championship. The can you remove someone's appendix using only Bob and Madge the Scutter's Deja Vu trophy? The Dead or Alive, You Are Coming With Me. Actually, Dead would be easier. Charity Shield. The Sir Kills A Lot, Spear Up Your Robo Jaxi. Robot War Cup, made from bits of old Mark III Cortina. The Yeah, Johnny Cab is a Thing Now, Good Luck Sucker, People's Choice Award. So, no crosswires. Double points if you know the words to Daisy Daisy and doing the robot dance will get you disqualified because it's like, I don't know, racist or something. Anyway, the Hutton Helper results are Cometborn jumped 115,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Commander Mindwhippy Mindwhippy, yeah, definitely Mindwhippy sold 46,000 tonnes of cargo. Mindwhippy again is our top mission runner with 926 points. Alex Zudo handed in 999,999,999 credits worth of bounties. Darkbane Fox handed in 805 million credits worth of combat bonds. And 
It's Strange delivered 1,495 people to their various destinations. So, decals this week for us numbnuts100 for uh, or mind. Please email i2part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hut and decal kit, which this week consists of a Sinclair ZX81, a demented Roomba, and one of those wee robot dog things with no batteries. There have been 10 hut and runs in the last 7 days. The top 5 are Impala Mark with 1 hour 22 minutes and 58 seconds, just 38 seconds off the record there. Jintosh with 1 hour 24 minutes and 3 seconds. Myopic Eagle, that's a 3 instead of an E at the end, with 1 hour 24 minutes and 9 seconds. Serverlan with 1 hour 24 minutes and 24 seconds. And Bandicoot with 1 hour 24 minutes and 46 seconds. Anyway, there is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing smeared, drained, deflected, irrigated, sniffed, snuffled, postponed, hidden from, flipped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, ginned, shit, shot, rescued, looted, repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, burnt, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, sandblasted, sponged down, smelled, licked, extruded, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted, pilfered, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, siphoned, regurgitated, strained, fermented, poached and terabanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, smelted and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.fothermark.com and sign up for the Hutsey Spectacular Hut and Helper, now available in three exciting formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than having a restraining bolt rammed into your delicate circuitry. Anyway, that's it from me. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. Now, for those who think it gets a bit warm any time that Commander Tishmarsh walks into the room, waving his Dysonator is in for a treat. Here is Amelia, grubbing around in this week's Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. This week, I'm in the guest installation in Usa. It's a lot nicer than it sounds, if a bit corporate. I've managed to use my press credentials to get myself invited on a team away day with some suits from the Aurare Energy Company's head office. We're here to learn all about Usaian tree grubs and have been promised the full tree grub experience, uh, which, is, which is slightly worrying. What's worrying me more at the moment though is that in true corporate style, we're going to start with a presentation on our way down to the surface. Our presenter, Malcolm, is 
uh, about average height and build with medium brown hair and a grey suit. If I had to describe the colour of his shirt, I'd say it's extra medium. His voice would be monotonous if it weren't for the slight nasal whistle that I find hard to ignore. I can't remember what his eye colour is, uh, and I'm looking right at him. If it wasn't for the promise of a goodie bag, an excursion to the planet and free food later on, I'd already have excused myself, gone to the loo for a prolonged scream, and I'd be in the bar sipping on the best indie bourbon already. Despite the best efforts of Malcolm, it's quite interesting. It's all about the history of Uzatian tree grubs, which, much like the Aurea Energy Company, isn't native to Usa at all. Originally, they were Lavian tree grubs. The Lavian ones are a vibrant green colour. The adults seem to be some kind of worm with little broccoli-like things which grow out of the parent and then they're shed. They burrow into a tree during their broccoli stage and slowly consume the heartwood while leaving the outer layers of wood and the bark intact. It gives them cover as they transform from crubs into their adult form, which is a, a big green worm. Well, turns out that those little florets were absolutely delicious, so obviously they were harvested to almost extinction. In an effort to save the species, some bugs were transported to a remote icy moon in Usa, away from poachers, gourmets, and clumsy bastards. It all went well, but at some point, the funding ceased and the facility fell into disrepair. Some of the grubs were left behind, and the hardy ones managed to survive long enough to set up home inside the giant trees native to Usa 3A. The forests protected them from the worst of the weather, and the grubs thrived slowly adapting to their new environment. Well, there's 27 minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back. We're coming into land now and the others are changing from their corporate office wear into boots and puffer jackets. Their gear is all new and shiny. Oh, bless. Except for Jean from Accounts, who came loaded for bear. She leans over and says, I've heard Golnet rares on the radio. I know the kind of stuff that goes on and I'm not taking any chances. As we leave the shuttle, we're taken on a trail through the frozen forests of Usa. Huge white trees with bluey green leaves tower above us. Frost is formed on their branches and they sway gently as though a breeze is blowing through their branches. And I can see the forest goes on for a long way. Finally, we come to a clearing where our guides have set up a lovely camp for us. Our tents are arranged in a semicircle around a central fire pit. We settle in, and as I arrange my gear, I can smell food cooking. It's a barbecue, and the rich, smoky aromas are making me hungry. We queue up with our plates to receive some delicious grub. Pun intended. There are the usual sausages, steaks, and wings, but the main event are the char-grilled tree grubs. They really do look like broccoli, but the, the ones here are much lighter green. They're slightly crisp on the outside, but have an oozy texture inside, like melted cheese. Their eggy flavor complements the sausages perfectly, and I feel like I could eat these things forever. <laughs> I, I do love a full brassaca. 
After dinner, full bellies and lack of uniform means that everyone starts to relax a bit. Beardy Gavin from HR leads us off in an inclusive, non-judgmental, gender-neutral sing-along. No ging gangoolies then. It's so peaceful here among the trees and the snow. Malcolm is still with us. He goes off to collect some firewood. He's He's gone for a little while and I'm just starting to worry when he comes back laden with an assortment of thick branches. Some of them look a bit rotten, but I don't have the heart to tell him. I'll, I'll go for more wood later. As he starts to pile the wood on, I can hear a strange high-pitched whining and then a pop from inside one of the rotten branches. It happens again. And then I see little florets rushing out of the non-fiery end of the branch. There are loads of them. <laughs> and I'm getting hungry just looking at them. They stream off towards the trees while emitting an ear-piercing squealing noise. And then I hear it. A low bass note sounds from high in the trees. And then, and then again, and again. Something's up there. Something big. There's a sharp cracking noise and one of the trees lean and then slowly falls over, gathering momentum as it goes. Colin from marketing, nice Colin, not greasy Colin, isn't quick enough and he disappears into a cloud of snow and splintering wood. When the debris clears, he's just gone. What's there in his place, though, is quite terrifying. The entirety of this mature tree had, until recently, been occupied by a mature tree grub. A tree worm, if you will. It must be ten meters long and as broad as a tree trunk. Its body is a weird greenish-white color segmented with gelatinous, semi-transparent look about it. I can hear more trees falling now and the screams and shouts of the others are deafening. But I can't take my eyes off this thing. Jean is next to me and we both draw our laser pistols. And then Malcolm steps in. For the first time I see a, a light in his eyes. Oh, they're grey by the way. Not a nice striking grey, but just, you know, not any other colour kind of grey. I can hear them, he says, inside my head, like a song. I am... A worm charmer! He steps forward with his palm raised. The monstrosity before us lowers its... Um, I want to say head. It makes a kind of lowing sound. And then it bites him in half. Yeah, that, there's no such thing as a worm charmer, Jean says as she begins firing. I join in and, and once security teams arrive, the worms are sent howling into the forest. Why didn't you stop him, I ask? Are you kidding, she says while reloading. He had another presentation planned for the shuttle ride back. The shuttle returns and once the medvac is done, the rest of us return to the guest installation. I tell Jean she was magnificent down there and she lets me into a little secret. Turns out she used to be a commando back in the day and old habits die hard. And you, she says with a smile. Well, you're a bloody jinx. I'm Amelia Hawke, and I nearly got eaten by a giant tree worm today, so you don't have to.
know, I never did get wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. Poor nice calling. I mean, I wouldn't have worried, I wouldn't have worried so much if it had been easy calling, but nice yeah. calling. I know, right. Well, he was, nice he calling. Was, nice calling was, you know, nice. Yeah. Not greasy. Yeah. And, and Malcolm, obviously. <laughs> and Malcolm. I was wondering when Malcolm was going to mention. The worm charmer. <laughs> Malcolm did yeah, no such thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gene for your couch is a bit of a surprise, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was very surprised. Yeah, she's been listening to Girl Night News Digest. Girl Night Reels. Yeah, you had a jinx, but it's it. Well, at least she's got oh. tasted radio shows. Yes, true, that's true, true. That that part we can we can agree on. <laughs> yeah. So, but they're really eggy then. Yeah, nice, nice with a bit of bacon and sausages. Oh. How big are they? Um. Well, when they're you know young, not that big. They grow big though. But I mean, like, baby's arm size or, like, size of a what's it, you know. Um, well, if you can imagine, like, broccoli, yeah? Yeah. And that that's, like, coming out of their butts. Mmm, lovely. And you, you know the size of broccoli, right? A little bit the size exactly. of that. Yeah. So they're little, little broccoli florets. Ah, oh, well, no wonder you ate them. Varies so much, you know. Eggy. Eggy, Moorish. Moorish, Moorish. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With, with the, like a cheese, liquid cheese centre. It's oh, delicious. Oh, ooey gooey. Mm. You could dip your... No, I better not say that. I was going to say you should dip your sausage <laughs> in there, but Beardy Gavin will be up to see me. <laughs> I'll have to go to a meeting and then I'll have to go on a course. I think that's more than we needed to know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Same every week, though, isn't it? I can see him at the window now. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there we go. Well, so, do, do we have anything else? I, I don't know. Does anybody have anything else? Well, nothing I want to talk about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I, I want to fry up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And an egg to dip your sausage in. Proper Scottish fry up with, with yes. barred haggis. Totally scones. Mm. Black proper pudding. square sausages. Oh, yeah. Proper square mm. sausages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, delicious. Yeah. And plain mm. bread. Plain bread. Plain oh. bread. Uh, on that note. I'm hungry now. Is it, is it time again? Is it time for the thing? Ooh. I think you it's know. time for the thing. Are you the blocking thing? your ears? I haven't done this yeah. in a while. I think we need to want these people. adjusting headphones thing. Yes. If you are of a delicate or nervous disposition. You, you should have left a long time ago. You should have left a long while ago. Um, but if you don't like your, having your ears blasted or, you know, and you just feel that you don't want to be shouted at at bedtime, it's probably best to remove your headphones now. If, however, you want to have the wax blown out of your ears, just listen on. I mean, you were rambling so much then. I know, I know. <laughs> I just that. couldn't wow. finish. <laughs> 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 mug, mug, glorious mug, mug for the mug. <laughs> Journey too long. 
Chicago too small Profit margins never really mattered at all Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anyway Loading all the teen out to the brim With the rest for the more For the more For the more For the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more For the more For the more For the more Yeah, everybody sing the trucker's song Flossy always seems to crash into the sun Skibble likes to pile it on the Xbox One Helping out the free, you know it leads us well Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yeah For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the hunting trucker's song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know just where we come in from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the hunting trucker's song. Profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chuckers song For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chuckers song Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? 
seamless. 